HubSpot's annual inbound event is coming to Boston this September, and if you've never been, you're really missing out. Every year, we host thousands of marketing and sales pros from almost every industry imaginable right here in Boston. Last year, we had over 10,000 attendees from all around the world, and we're expecting an even bigger crowd this year. People like Ariana Huffington, Malcolm Gladwell, Nate Silver, and Martha Stewart have all spoken in the past, and this year, we've already lined up people like Seth Godin, Daniel Pink, and Brene Brown. We'd love to see you guys there, and we're going to be doing some podcasts live from the event. The early bird pricing has just been extended, so if you go to inbound.com and get your tickets by Friday, June 5th, you can save 400 bucks. Head over to inbound.com by Friday, June 5th, save $400 on your ticket, and we'll see you at Inbound in Boston in September. and the future is completely within our control. We're living through the single biggest culture shift of our time. This is the time for us to just really take charge. That's what revolutions do. They enable the impossible. You're listening to The Growth Show with Mike Volpe. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Growth Show. We have kind of a special episode we're doing here uh, to talk about events, and I've invited uh, Cindy Goodrich, who is our VP of Brand and Buzz here at HubSpot, to talk about our event, Inbound, but also we'll talk a little bit more generally about events and whatever as well. So welcome, Cindy. Thanks, Mike. Uh, I'm. This is exciting. So t- let's. I, you know, you and I. I think we should talk a little bit about sort of like why we do our Inbound conference. Yeah, I mean, I think so. HubSpot people know us as a marketing and software company. Um, and we put on this event, right? And it's called Inbound, and it's actually not just your standard customer or user group event. So we, you know, when we started HubSpot, and we really got behind this idea of behind the idea of inbound marketing and inbound. For us, it wasn't just about getting people to buy software. It was about really building the community, really pushing the industry forward. And so for us, with the event, what we look at is it's not just about bringing our users together, but it's about bringing the larger community together. It's about stimulating sort of the movement, right? This inbound marketing movement. So it's about customers, it's about partners, it's about people that aren't customers. In fact, we had, I think, almost as many people that were not customers as customers at the event last year, plus a huge number of partners and all that stuff. In fact, Brian Halligan uh, said that someone described Described inbound to him, and he loves this expression as a cross between uh, an Apple product release and a Grateful Dead concert. But it's really about that. But I think what that's tapping into is the a passionate fan base that is, yes, maybe passionate about HubSpot, but really passionate about inbound marketing, inbound selling, and that movement. And I think that's that's an interesting. It's very different than what a lot of other companies do. Yeah, it's very different. And I think the other piece of it is, like you said, you know, half of the people there maybe haven't even heard of HubSpot, but they have heard about Inbound and they're excited about it. So for us, like, again, we want to push the industry forward and we want to like make a change there. We won't do that just by tapping into our own customers who know about us. Yeah, it's exactly right. So I think we've been very careful to never make it a HubSpot, you know, user group event. We have HubSpot user groups, we have events like that, but that's not what this is about, right? So it's been much, much bigger than that. Tell us a little bit about sort of like how it's grown for the past few years. 
Yeah, so when we first had, you know, when we had our first official inbound, it was in 2012, and we had about 2,800 people. And over the last couple years, we grew it to 5,400 people, and then last year we had actually over 10,000 people, um, which is amazing and something that we get really, really excited about. I mean, to double an event yeah. of that at that scale, it wasn't 100 to 200 people. It no. was, you know, 2,800 to 5,400 to 10,000. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's really, really big event growth. What do you think are some of the things responsible for that? I mean, I think one of the key, key things that's responsible for it is the content itself. Um, so one of the things that we really, really work on with Inbound is just making sure we have the best content. So when we look at you know our breakout sessions, this year we'll have over 200 breakout sessions, and we really, really screen who's speaking at those events. We don't do um, pay to play, so we don't let people pay just to get up on stage. We go through a big screening process to make sure we're bringing the best of the best in marketing and sales speakers, as well as bringing people just from other idea other areas with interesting ideas. I think that no pay to pay pay to play thing is huge. I mean, yeah. most conferences. People may not realize this, but part of the reason why content at most conferences sucks yeah. is because vendors can just pay for a sponsorship and then you get this speaking session along with it. And that's why you hear people pitching products, you hear these mediocre presentations or things like that. And I think, and we, you know, we have sponsors for inbound and they're always asking us, can we present? Can we present? And the answer is like, no, no, no. What makes the event special is that you know the content is very very heavily screened, very heavily curated, yeah. and we also have. To, I mean, two hundred sounds like a lot of sessions, but for a ten or fifteen thousand person conference, it's actually not a lot of sessions. Correct. Most people have far more sessions, so we actually have fewer sessions because we can only find so many really good speakers, right? Yeah. No, and I think the other thing is when we look at our content, the different types that we have, we really talk about inbound being about three things. So it's about inspiration, education, and connection, right? And so on the inspirational side, that's when we bring in our keynotes, and that's when we bring in our bold talks sessions, which we call like snackable inspiration, right? Yeah. And so it's th those are the talks where people pick their head up out of their day-to-day -day and can see big-name speakers like Ariana Huffington or Brene Brown this year, you know, just talking about things to inspire them in their work. Um, we then have on the breakouts, we still do curated content, but that's where we really get into everything from like the strategy of how to run an inbound marketing organization all the way down to like how to write the best blog post you could ever write, right? So it goes yeah. to the very educational um, spanning from strategy to tactical how-tos. And I think having that also just that different type of, you know, content set is really what differentiates the event as well. I think that's, I think it's really right. I think, you know, there's a lot of content just around leadership and management yeah. and stuff that's good for executives down to somebody who just graduated from college and is trying to, you know, make their blog more successful. And there's individual sessions about that stuff too. It's, you know, I tend to do sessions around, you know, building and managing and leading a marketing team, obviously. And then there's people, you know, other people that speak on other topics. And I mean, you know, we've had, um, We've had, you know, Martha Stewart and we've had, uh, uh, you know, you mentioned Ariana Huffington. We've had Malcolm Gladwell, but some really sort of big name kind of thought leadership centric speakers in addition to people that are on the tactical side. So it really does run the full gamut, which is really interesting. So I think a lot of events, uh, you know, we were just talking about content. A lot of the events talk about, um, you know, how they, what metrics they measure and things like that. And a lot, usually it's around sponsorship and are they making money and they not losing money in the event and things like that. You know, what's, talk to folks about, you know, what we measure in terms of customer satisfaction with the event and, you know, the importance of that for us. Yeah, I mean, so I think, well, one, we just look at generally, um, well, you know, we're very metrics-driven people, so we just generally look at, you know, would people recommend this event, um, look at their general happiness. We also, though, go at every session level and get survey data on, you know, did they find the speaker 
um, engaging? Was the content useful? Was it stuff that they would, again, recommend to other people? And we go through all of that data and we dig into it really, really deeply. So we do have the basic survey data. We also use social um, to really understand what's going on with the event. So again, we obviously have a really socially engaged audience, which is awesome. Um, so, But we also hear the good and the bad through that. And so we definitely dig through that just to pull out the qualitative stuff, but then look at it quantitatively to say, how many people was this a concern for? And where are we finding that we have pain points? And where are we finding that we have um, some gold mines? So specifically around you know the things that we track, you know one of the things we do track in that overall survey is NPS, right? Yep. And so why don't you give folks a sense of like what that looks like for people that are familiar with that sort of NPS scale? You know a lot of products are at ten or twenty. Like talk to us about what the NPS is for that net promoter score for the folks attending inbound. Yeah, so for us over the last three years, we've seen MPS in the 50s and 60s, um, which we're really, really excited about. So that means, you know, beyond just like curating a lot of content, the overall experience is really awesome and that people are really happy about it and would tell other people to go. Yeah, and that, that basically means like a huge proportion of people out of, you know, would they recommend it to a friend out of 10? Like like almost everyone's giving it a 9 or a 10, basically. It's the only way you can sort of get to those levels. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's amazing. It's one of the things that, frankly, I have been shocked about with the event over time, not because I didn't expect it, but just like how happy people are with the event and yeah. that's why we get so many repeat folks too well and i would also say that again content we do know is a big driver in that and what's really interesting about our audience is that these people are like rabid for content so you know oftentimes when you have big events people will use it to go and like meet up with people and do other side meetings and they might go it's to kind some of a boondoggle yeah, it's kind of a boondoggle yeah. they might go to some keynotes they go to some good restaurants and bars and inbound, people will physically run to go to content sessions. People like we, you know, and so for us, we know that that really is what's driving the happiness there as well in terms yeah. of like. People what, come with their list of every single yeah. session, like fully scheduled right along. I saw somebody take an entire notebook full of notes. Yeah. Like literally, she she came up and asked me, she's like, do you have any more notebooks? Because I filled this whole notebook this week. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of notes. Yeah, it's a yeah. very engaged group of people. So let's give, so for uh, executives who might be listening to this, let's give them a sense of like when, when should they think about running events for their own company? Like what are the, what are the things, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, I think before asking when, it's like, why are you looking to do it, right? So for us, again, when you step back inbound, we were looking at, you know, we have this movement, the inbound movement that we're trying to move forward. So for us, we knew we wanted to do that. We had to get to a certain point as a company. You know, we weren't going to do that when we were three people sitting in Cambridge, right? We were going to, we had to one way till we were at a certain point as a company. Um, part of it also is like we, you know, in terms of actually being able to pay for an event, events aren't cheap, right? So I think in, in terms of like when you start to run an event, for us, it's an industry event. So we actually had to be able to pay for it. I think for you know, again, for other companies, it just depends on if you're looking at doing smaller sales-based events or if you're looking, you yeah. know, what are you trying to I think do? Was, I think you're yeah. right. So I think for more sales-focused events, you can you can do those on a small scale and start them earlier and they're yeah. more revenue driving. For something as on the scale of inbound, you know, you need to make sure you have a lot of investment and things like that because what we're trying to do with that event is help move an industry forward, right? right. And it is definitely a much level, much larger level of investment that's sort of required. Yeah, I think that's fair. Do, what's your opinion on should if they if somebody says okay, I want to start to do an event or a couple events, should they hire someone with event management experience, or should they hire someone with a different profile? Let's say we might have different opinions of that. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends. Again, like I, what I would say is if you're running smaller events and that you aren't having to hire like 
production companies and logistics companies and other different groups and you aren't managing the flow of how do 10,000 people go through a place. Um, I think if you're managing like a 50 person thing, you can rely on your smart marketing people that you've already hired to help figure out how to actually put an event on. I think when you do get into the bigger events, having someone that actually has that muscle memory of like running large scale events before definitely helps. Now what I would say we're talking about there is running the event. When it comes to actually marketing the event, I think what you really need to do is like have great marketers. So for inbound, we focus on doing inbound marketing, surprisingly enough, to get people to inbound, right? So we, you know, we obviously do that things on the blog. We create slide shares. We're constantly, you know, we're working on just other pieces of content, other things on social that we can be doing. If we were to just hire traditional event folks, like they wouldn't be coming at I'm it. Glad, with I'm that really glad you, yeah, mindset. you're so right. I'm really glad you hit on that point because I think a lot of people say, okay, I want to have an event. I want to have a 300 person event. Let me find an event person. And some event people also are decent at the promotion yeah. events, but a lot of them are actually just good at running the event. Yeah. And if you think that that event person is going to fill the room with 300 people or 500 or 1,000 people, you're, you're usually wrong. Yeah. And so I, I would say, right? And so if, you're, you, if you want to bring in a dedicated event person, you need to pair them with a good marketer yeah. or just know that, well, the event not be, might not be perfect logistically, but it's more important to have a big event and have a lot of people show up than it is to maybe have a perfectly run event. So I, I think for those smaller events, I think you might be right that having more of a, a you know, sort of a, a Jack or Jill of all trades type of marketer might be a better choice than a dedicated event person. Although certainly once you get to a larger scale, then you should have a team and you should make sure you have both types of people yep. uh, like we do on Inbound. Because you, ha- you have to fill the seats. The most important thing for any event is fill the seats, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. You know that. You're nodding. You're like, yep. nope, we nodding. talk about it all the time with Inbound. Yeah. How do we think about the ROI? Because I think I've told it, we, we lose a lot of money in Inbound. Like we it is like a, to say we, we invest. We like to say we make a large in investment, inbound. right? 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 Yeah, we make a large investment in inbound. Um, but I mean, I think you know, as we're thinking about the ROI again, it's like for us, given that it's an industry event, it's not necessarily tied directly to did we sell a bunch of customers who showed up at inbound. Now, granted, there are people that come to inbound, they meet with our sales teams, and they buy software. But for us, we really are just trying to like move the industry forward. At one point, would we like to have a break-even point at least? Yes, but um, you know, we're getting there. Well, and I think also because we don't. Do pay for play that yeah. you know makes it um, you know on the sponsor side. I think it's not. I mean, certainly we have sponsors. We have lots of people that love participating yeah. in the event from a sponsorship side, but we don't. We don't have as many things to sell them because we kind of try to yeah. limit the sponsor involvement to a certain degree. So I think in some ways we constrain the revenue side of the event a little bit on the sponsorship side, and we also sort of constrain that you know the sales side because it's more of an industry event. It's not as much of a HubSpot centric event. Um, but you're right. I think the the ROI is some of it's a little less measurable. Yeah. But the moving just you know, building HubSpot as a brand that is a thought leader, um, the press and the PR coverage that we get yeah. that sort of, you know, as far, because inbound is so large, it becomes a spectacle in and of itself. There's a lot of value in that, but you're totally right that a lot of that stuff is hard to assign dollar values to yeah. and have the spreadsheet say that there's a solid ROI. Right. What I would say though, is like, I, you know, and you know this too, the whole management team at HubSpot the day after inbound, they're like, wow, can we do that again? Like next month? Yeah, right. Like exactly. they're like, that's the feeling people walk, even our CFO walks away with that feeling like, wow, like, look at that. That was amazing. So there's this huge, like positive vibe. And I hate to use like vibe as part of the ROI, right? <laughs> right. But Hey, grateful dead concert. So, so, you know, so I, but I do, I do feel like, you know, we, we run that event and we walk out every single day. We're like, wow, like, we should do that and we should do it bigger is basically the feeling we always have. Yeah, and I mean, I think like, again, just to be totally transparent, like HubSpot obviously 
has our big keynote and we do our big product announcements. So we do get a lot out of it in terms of, and we figure out how to maximize our own exposure because we are, we look at ourselves as our largest sponsor, right? So when we think about yeah. the dollars that we're putting in, we are our largest sponsor. <laughs> big time. Um, but what I would say, interestingly, on the sponsor side is we are very, we do treat it very much as, um, you know, an inbound event. So for our sponsors who are there, we don't do the standard just like booths that people walk through and we don't do the scanners that someone can, you know, grab your name from five feet away and then start emailing you like crazy. Instead, what we do is like have people like actually interact with people and have people engage. And for sponsors, we, you know, we want them focusing on creating amazing content that gets people engaged versus like building booths. So we actually also don't, we invest a lot in the sponsor experience ourselves. So even though we take in revenue for that, it's not like we're making gobs of money on it. Yeah, there's no Walmart layout of all the sponsors no. with like, oh, you're in aisle 300, <laughs> you you know, you're in booth 319 and like go back, right? There's none of that stuff, yeah. cool. All right, so if people want to attend Inbound, where should they go? What's going on? Oh, yeah. Okay, so they should go to inbound.com. Um, we actually, you know, we've started announcing some of our keynote speakers. We have some more exciting announcements coming up over the next few weeks. Um, and, yeah, when they go to inbound.com, they can find all the information and register today. Awesome. Super cool. I know I'm really excited for Inbound. Cindy, thanks a ton for joining sure, us. Sure, thank you. Awesome. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, this has been The Gross Show. I'm Mike Volpe, and the show is produced by Dave Gerhardt. Thanks again for listening, and we'll hopefully uh, see you at Inbound and have you listen to the next show as well. Thanks. You'll clip this part out, obviously. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. not. <laughs> awesome, cool. Uh, so, what did we just finish talking about? We just finished talking about content, speakers, and content, and things like that. Oh, okay. So, there's one more thing I want to hit in that.